All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 72. Psalms chapter 72. I'll give you just a moment to find your place in the Word of God. And then we'll read this psalm and have prayer and bring the message God has laid upon our hearts. Psalms chapter 72. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Give the king thy judgment, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers with water that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and by and precious shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall be he be praised. There shall be an handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doth wondrous things. And blessed be His righteous name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Our Heavenly Father, I pray now you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you to touch us now these next few moments and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to draw your attention to verse number 8 here in just a moment. But just a little background of Psalms chapter 72 tells us this, that uh, some believe that this is a psalm that was written by David and therefore it would be called a psalm for Solomon. Others believe that this is a psalm that was written by Solomon and so therefore it would be called a psalm of Solomon. And so there's a great difference between the psalm for Solomon and the psalm of Solomon. If David is the writer of this psalm, then... That would mean that this would be uh, probably the last psalm that David would have written. I personally believe that this is a psalm that was written by David as he had Solomon in mind being the last psalm that he would write. Because of verse number 20, the Bible said, The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And so when David wrote this psalm, no doubt he was thinking about Solomon, but perhaps he was even thinking about a greater than Solomon. For we know that Psalms chapter 72 is not just about Solomon, but it's about that one that's greater than Solomon, the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 72 is a millennial psalm, and so therefore it points us to that day and that time when we know that Christ is going to return and when He's going to come again. And so when we think about that, I want us to consider Psalm 72 in this psalm here that this is a psalm that is written by a king uh, for a king, being Solomon, concerning a greater king, that be the king 
King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we think about Psalms chapter 72, I want you to notice verse number 8 where the Bible says, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. When you think about that phrase, from sea to sea, that's a familiar phrase for this reason, not just because it is in the Word of God, but also because we're reminded of that patriotic song that we often sing, America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful was written by a lady by the name of Catherine Lee Bates. She wrote that song in 1893. She revised it again in 1904 and finally she revised it one last time in 1913. When Catherine wrote that song uh, she had went to Pikes Peak in Colorado. Pikes Peak is a great mountain peak of about 14,000 feet high and her and some teachers had went there uh, to view that peak and to go to the top of it and Catherine's own words says this, one day some of the other teachers and I decided to go on a trip to 14,000 foot Pikes Peak. We hired a prairie wagon near the top. We had to leave the wagon and go the rest of the way on mules. I was very tired, but when I saw the view, I felt great joy. All the wonder of America seemed displayed there with a sea-like view. And so when Catherine looked out and she saw that great beauty and she saw America and she saw that sea-like view that day, She pinned down these words, O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains majesty above the fruited plains. America, America, God shed His grace on thee and crowned thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Catherine was thinking about this great land, this great country that we live in. She was thinking about America America shining from sea to sea. Can I tell you in Psalms chapter 7, 72 in verse 8, the one that the psalmist is thinking about and the land that the psalmist is thinking about is not this land but he's thinking about the king of kings and when Jesus comes, he's going to come, not only is the king coming, but the kingdom's going to come with him. And that's what Psalm 72 is about, that when King Jesus comes, this world is going to shine from sea to shining sea with the king of glory and the Shekinah glory of heaven that'll shine down upon it. Now I want us to think about the character and the conduct of this king in Psalms chapter 72 because this psalm reveals some things about him. In the first five verses, it reveals his righteous judgment. Notice the Bible says, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness. And so the psalmist here is highlighting and revealing, should we say, uh, the righteous judgment of the king of kings when he comes. This world today is filled with darkness, it's filled with sin, and it's filled with wickedness. But when the king of glory comes, you know what it's going to be filled with? It's going to be filled with everlasting righteousness. Amen? The Bible talks about that the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of God. And on the bells of horses, the Bible said there's going to be holiness. Amen? There's going to be a highway of holiness the word of God talks about. And Jesus Christ is going to fill this world world with righteousness during that time. And so 
This psalm reveals here uh, his righteous judgment. Then it reveals his, revi- his reviving grace. Look at verse number 6. The Bible says, He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish in abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. Now I'll tell you, listen, we're living in the grace dispensation. We're living in the grace age here, the church age. But when Jesus Christ comes, there's going to be grace uh, uh, from one end of this world to the other. There will be judgment. We know that. And God will certainly, uh, Jesus Christ will certainly extend that judgment. The Bible said the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And we know that the Bible teaches us that there was the judgment of sin at Calvary. There will be the judgment of saints at the great white, or at the uh, uh, judgment seat of Christ. And then the judgment of sinners at the great white throne judgment. We know there will be the judgment of Satan as he's cast into the lake of fire. There'll be the judgment of states. The Bible talks about that he'll judge them at Armageddon and he'll also judge those nations in Matthew chapter 25. But I want to tell you when you think about all that judgment after it's all been said and done it's going to be, there's also going to be grace. And I thank God for his grace, his reviving grace. And then it talks about his royal reign. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says, and he shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. So this psalm represents not only his righteous judgment and his reviving grace, but it also represents uh, his royal reign. That when Jesus Christ comes, I'm glad he's going to be in charge. Amen. I want to say when Christ comes, he's not running for election. He's not going to need my vote or your vote. Thank God, listen, there's not going to be, uh, listen, there's not going to be a, a term to, to his uh, rule and his reign. But when he comes, it's going to be a royal reign. He's going to be in charge. And, and Jerusalem is going to be the capital of the entire world. And, of, and in Jerusalem and on the throne of David will sit, my friend, this mighty king. Uh, and he'll rule this earth for a thousand years. Uh, and everything, the Bible said, the government will be upon his shoulders and of his kingdom. The word of God said there's going to be no end. That's going to be a wonderful time. And so it highlights uh, his royal reign. Then I want you to notice it highlights not only his royal reign, but also in verse number 12, it highlights his redeeming love. As the Bible says in verse number 12, for he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the soul of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence and precious shall their blood be in his sight. Thank God during that millennial time you know what's going to happen? It's going to reveal and it's going to highlight his redeeming love. His redeeming love for Jerusalem. His his redeeming love for the Jew. His redeeming love for the church. His redeeming love for every believer. Won't that be wonderful when we're basking in the sunlight of his wonderful love for 1,000 years upon this earth? That'll be when the king comes. Amen. It will highlight and reveal his redeeming love. It'll highlight and reveal his recognized blessings. Notice verse number 15. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. 
Bible said in verse number 16, There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth. Do you realize when Jesus comes, this world is going to be blessed like it's never been blessed before? You see, there's a curse on this earth tonight. But when Christ comes, that curse is going to be lifted. And my friend, when Jesus comes, He's in the redeeming business. He will have redeemed the souls of men. He will redeem Israel back to their original state, thank God. And He'll redeem this earth back to its original state like it was in the days of Adam and Eve in the paradise time whenever God walked in the cool of the day and the presence of God was there. The curse is going to be lifted and the earth is going to be blessed. The Bible said that the desert will bloom like the rose and there'll be streams in the desert and upon the mountaintops uh, milk and honey will flow and the word of God said that he will own the cattle on a thousand hillsides, all them barren hillsides of the of the Mideast you know what's going to happen? God's going to send the earlier but he's going to send the latter rain uh, and thank God listen that desert's going to bloom and blossom uh, and there'll be cattle on those hillsides uh, it won't be a barren desert no more because the king of glory will own it all, amen? And he'll, he'll lift the curse off of this earth. And, and so it'll be a time of recognized blessing. And it'll also be a time, the Bible says here, of revealed glory. Amen. Look at verse number 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. When you think about this, it's going to be a time of His revealed glory when the King comes. It's going to be a time of His righteous judgment, His reviving grace, His royal reign, His redeeming love, His recognized blessing. But this psalm closes by talking about that when the King comes, it's going to be a time of His revealed glory. He's going to be magnified. Uh, Listen, the Bible said that all nations shall call Him blessed. The Word of God said that blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things, and blessed be His glorious name. The Word of God said, let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Won't that be a wonderful time when Jesus comes? And my friend, from sea to shining sea, this earth is going to be filled with the glory and the honor of God. That ought to encourage us to go on and to serve Him because the King is coming. And when the King comes, the kingdom's going to come with Him. Amen? In that revelation that the Bible talks about. So when the King comes, we notice His righteousness. As the Bible mentions that several times, in the early verses as we've talked about. And I just want to say this, that whenever His righteousness comes, uh, what a time it's going to be to be able to stand on the street corner and thank God, listen, instead of hearing something wicked or hearing something ungodly, you'll hear somebody magnifying the Lord. There won't be a place that you and I won't go that what we won't hear about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He'll be the headlines of every newspaper. He'll be the headlines of all the, the news. That's what they'll be talking about. They'll be talking about what's going on in Jerusalem, what's going on with the Lord Jesus Christ, and righteousness will dominate this world. Amen. You know, I thought about it oftentimes, and I'm sure you have too. Why does God, as the psalmist said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? 
You know, why does God let people blaspheme His name and, and say things? And why does God uh, uh, seemingly, we know they're not getting by, but a lot of times why does God allow them just to continue uh, living their wicked life? I'm going to tell you why. Because God knows there's a day coming. There's a reckoning day. God knows there's a payday coming someday. God knows that there's a time when wickedness will no longer rule. The Bible says it in verse number 2. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The Bible says it again in verse number 4. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. There's coming a day when God is going to deal with that crowd. The verse 5 says they shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. For 1,000 years, whenever he comes from sea to shining sea, the righteousness of God is going to be revealed. And then not only his righteousness, but again his rule is going to be revealed. The Bible said that the enemies, in verse number 9, that his enemies shall lick the dust. You know, there's a lot of people that hates Christianity today. I think about Muslims and I, I think about uh, different uh, occults that they despise. They don't mind you praying to God because that can mean any God, the true God, or it can mean the false gods of this world. But whenever you and I say the word Christ, we identify, identify ourselves with Christianity and the world does not, they despise Christianity. They despise the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you when the king comes and his kingdom is set up, it's going to be righteous and he's going to rule and the word of God said his enemies are going to lick the dust I think about the battle of Armageddon when Jesus comes Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 11 John said and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he did judge and make war and when Jesus comes, the Bible said in that same passage of Scripture that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He's going to smite the nations there in the valley of Jehoshaphat. The blood is going to flow to the horse's bridle. And when that blood flows to the horse's bridle, Jesus Christ, my friend, will, will come off of that. He'll come off of that mountaintop. The Bible said when he puts his feet on that mountain, it'll divide from the east and the west. He'll go down into the, uh, to the city of Jerusalem. He'll sit on the throne of David. He'll go through that eastern gate. Thank God. Psalms 24 will be a reality. Those gates will lift up and let the king of glory come in. And as they come in, what a day that's going to be, my friend, when the king of glory comes in and he will rule. He'll set up shop and he'll rule for 1,000 years. And so it speaks of rule. It speaks of righteousness and it speaks of redemption. Amen. When you come to verse number 12 again, notice this. He talks about the welfare of mankind. For he shall deliver the needy when he cries the poor also and him that hath no helper you know god is in the helping business and god will Christ will help those in that, the poor and the needy. I think about those Jews that have ran to that city of Petra and they have hid in those rocks, in those caves and in that time He will help them. He will help the church as He gives out legislative and, and executive orders and, and as He sends us out to, to serve, He's going to help us. And, and my friend, He's concerned about the welfare of mankind, the wealth of mankind. Look at verse 15. The Bible says that He shall live unto 
him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually and daily he shall be praised. Well, when you think about this, not just the welfare, but what about the wealth of mankind? The Bible says that he shall live and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Verse number 16 even talks about, uh, ver- uh, that talks about how that men, or verse number, verse number, uh, verse number 17 says, and men shall be blessed in him. We're going to prosper because the king is here. Men are going to be blessed because Jesus is on the scene. The economy, you talk about a soaring economy. I want to tell you, friend, there's going to be a soaring economy when Christ comes. When Donald Trump, has, has, as president, he has, has broken more records as a president over a soaring economy than any president that's ever, uh, that's ever lived or ever, ever served our country. But just as we've seen in the last few days, the stock, market, start, stock markets have turned and, and they've went in a different directions. And because of that, we know that things have plummeted also to an all-time low as sure as it went to an all-time high. But my friend, when Jesus comes, you talk about a soaring economy. It'll be an economy that cannot be stopped. It'll be an economy that will be blessed. Why? Because He'll be here. The King of glory will be here. And so He talks about the wealth of mankind. And then He talks about the worship of mankind. What a day that's going to be when the King of glory comes. The worship of mankind. Look at verse number 15 again. The Bible said in the latter part, prayer also shall be made for him continually and daily shall he be praised. You know, the psalmist tells us that whenever Christ comes from sea to shining sea, there's going to be, there's going to be wealth There's going to be welfare. Men are going to thrive and they're going to do better. They're going to prosper better health-wise and financially than they've ever have. But I'll tell you how else they're going to prosper. We're going to prosper in worship. Amen. Uh, my friend, we'll worship the King. We'll come into His presence. And, and there from sea to shining sea, men will lift up the name of, of the Lord. He'll be magnified. He'll be glorified. He, he'll be worshipped. The Bible said daily uh, He shall be praised. And, and then I want you to notice not only that, but we see here that the Bible said in verse number 17 that His name shall endure forever. You know, it's what the world does not want to hear today. They don't want to hear His name. But during that time, we'll magnify, we'll glorify His name forever. For 1,000 years, His name is going to be lifted up upon this earth. He's going to be glorified. The Bible said His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in Him, and all nations shall call Him blessed. Can you imagine living in a world where all nations call Jesus Christ blessed? They call Him the King of all kings. What a day that's going to be. And I look forward to that. That ought to give us hope. That ought to give us encouragement. That ought to strengthen us to carry on in the battle and serve God because the King is coming and the kingdom is going to come with Him. And from sea to shining sea, it's going to be filled with the glory of God. Then I want you to notice this. Not only do we see His, His, we see here that He's going to be blessed and He's going to be glorified, but notice the Bible says this in verse number 19 and blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory you know his name is going to be lifted up his name is going to be glorified but the whole earth is going to be filled with his glory we're going to be standing in the presence and the glory of our king our savior our lord 
What a day that's going to be. You know, I think about we getting good church services and the glory of God fills that service. And it's amazing how when God shows up in a service how, or a song, you know, a song that you've sung many, many times, and that song may, uh, that song may touch you, but then there's, God will put a special touch on it. His glory will show up, and it'll, it'll help you. It'll strengthen you. And, and, and you know what? You'll leave that service, a good glorified service where God's presence has been real. You'll leave just picked up and lifted up. Can you imagine standing in the presence and the glory of God as it fills this earth? Can you imagine being uh, around the glory of God 24-7? What a day. What a time that's going to be. And we see... We see that. We see that whenever he comes, Psalm 72 reveals that from sea to shining sea, Christ is going to be uplifted. And I want to say this in closing. You and I, we don't have to wait till the millennial comes to glorify his name. We don't have to wait till the millennial comes to magnify his name. We don't have to wait till the millennial comes to, to bless his name and to be blessed. We, we can do that now. We can glorify his name now. Uh, his righteousness can rule in our hearts, our lives. It can rule in society if we'll surrender, if we'll let him. I think about where Jesus said that we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of this world. You know what we're to shine forth? We're to shine forth the righteousness of Christ. In fact, the Bible tells us that in the book of Philippians chapter number 2. Paul said, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You and I ought to be giving God our very best in these last days. Now is a time uh, to show forth the righteousness of Christ, to lift His name up and to glorify Him and to magnify Him. Our Heavenly Father, as we come into Your presence, Lord, we're thankful for the Word of God. Thank you for this psalm. Thank you for your help. And I ask you now, dear Lord, if you would, to take the Word of God and strengthen us. I pray for those that are listening right now. God, I pray that you'll help us reflect on this psalm and help us to remember from sea to shining sea. God, your glory is going to be revealed. Your grace has been revealed, but it's going to be revealed in a different form, different fashion. Your judgment will be revealed. Lord, help us to remember from sea to shining sea. Dear God, that that your rule is going to reign, a royal reign upon this earth for 1,000 years. Father, we look forward to that day. Lord, we anticipate your coming. I pray that in these days that we as a church will stay, stay strong, that, that Lord, we'll keep a spirit of revival in our hearts and our lives and help us to carry on for the honor and the glory of God and for what you do. We'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.